mean, a lot of what would happen is I would get um, too amped up and I would show a lot of emotion, which then makes it tougher for me to make good, solid swings. And, you know, I not necessarily, I don't know if I would have made bogeys or a lot of mistakes, but I would have been way more uncomfortable and it would have been even tougher. And that's what I felt like in the past. It always seems so tough for me on Sundays. And today, I wouldn't let my mind go in that direction. And so I just kept reminding myself that, you know, I've, I can play great golf and I can play good golf on Sundays. Comments from your 2023 Wells Fargo champion, Wyndham Clark, 19 under on the tournament. Actually, wasn't really all that dramatic at the end. Xander Shoffley missed some opportunities. He finished at 15 under, so a four-stroke win for Wyndham Clark. And who else? Better to talk about it than our man Jason Sobel. He joined us last week to preview it. Thought it would be a good idea to bring Jason Sobel on the Body Works Plus guest line, guest hotline again. To recap the tournament, also find him on Twitter, at Jason Sobel, T-A-N, standing for The Action Network. What did you think of the tournament, Jason? Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me back on. I, I thought it was look, it was a really good week. I know there wasn't a whole lot of drama on the back nine. I guess we can blame Wyndham Clark, and you know what? I don't think he cares a whole lot if we blame him for a lack of drama down the stretch. That's really the only thing that this tournament didn't have was uh, you know some uh, some nail biting time during the final few holes on that green mile. But it's only because Wyndham Clark played so well. Well, and what what is this guy's story like for you, Jason? I know you were texting or tweeting, I should say. You were tweeting about just how impressive this story is. 29 years old, getting his first victory tour. The the, the payout discrepancy. The last biggest payday he had was just under 500000 This one comes in at $3.6 million. Is this someone that could have some staying power up at the top? Uh, yeah, look, he's definitely going to have some staying power. This guy is a really good player. What we have known about him over the last few years is that He's a really good driver of the golf ball, really good putter. The irons were sort of iffy on a week-to-week basis. This year, he's actually been better with his approach game than with his driver and and putter. And so uh, that has made him a more complete player. I expect him to be a guy that we see a lot from in the future. I think he vaults himself into the back end of the U.S. Ryder Cup lineup discussion, roster construction discussion, which uh, I think is going to get bigger and bigger over the next three or four months. And um, it's, I, I know that in Charlotte you guys have seen the likes of Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler win for the first time at Quail Hollow and vault their careers based on that. I want you to temper expectations a little bit. It's not going to be one of those guys. It's not going to be a, a superstar type player who has a chance to be number one in the world at some point, but he's going to be a very, very good PGA Tour player for a long time. Jason, when you talk about the weekend that he had, lowest score of all time at the Wells Fargo Championship, and we talked about all week how difficult of a course that was. I mean, does that make that performance all the more spectacular, and how was he able to navigate such a tough course so easily? Yeah, it's funny. My buddy Colt Nost was doing the uh, doing the uh, on-course reporting for CBS yesterday. He said that Rich Beam, who had won the PGA Championship, of course, uh, back in 2005, uh, it was doing work for Sky Sports, walked past and towards the end, but how do you have 19 under over four days on this golf course? How is that even out there? And I was thinking the exact same thing at that very moment because I never thought, uh, you know, on, on Thursday, Friday, that a 19 under would be out there at the end. So, uh, again, he played really well. And what I had heard about Wyndham Clark from a mutual acquaintance of ours is that uh, 
earlier this year, he started working with, I don't know if you want to call it a sports psychologist, mental guru, whatever the term you want to use for it is, but he started working, I believe, with the same person who's worked with Max Homa over the last handful of years. Max Homa has become a six-time champion on the PGA Tour, and that's largely due to the fact that not because he's changed his swing, not because uh, he started putting better, which all of that uh, you know, certainly helps, but uh, mostly due to the fact that he's changed his mindset and his mental approach toward the game. And we heard just that clip that you guys played as you were introing the segment, Wyndham Clark talking about where his mind was, how focused he was. I think a lot of that stems from the work that he's done on the mental side of the game. And we all know that golf is a mental pursuit. We all know that, uh, look, uh, anyone who's played the game, whether you're a scratch player, whether you're an 18 handicap, uh, you've hit a good shot and then uh, on the very same hole the next day, hit a terrible shot. I go, wait, why, why did I do that? You know, how, how come I could hit it so good one day and so bad the next day? And I think even the pros try uh, try to deal with that. They struggle with that. And they try to figure out, you know, how do I work on the mental side of my game? Wyndham Clark has done that. And Wyndham Clark has done that to the extent where, look at him now. He's a guy that's gone from, hey, he's got a lot of potential to, now he's a PGA Tour champion, not just a PGA Tour champion, a PGA Tour champion at a designated event that, as you mentioned, comes with a $3.6 million paycheck, comes with uh, PGA Tour playing tr- privileges for the next few years. He's going to be in all of these designated events, not only for the rest of this year, but moving into next year and the major championships. There's a lot of good stuff right now that comes with winning one of these events. And then he moved up from number 36 to number five in the world after that win. And after a performance like that, do you feel like that that ranking is worthy for him? Will he continue to play up to that? Yeah, so that's the FedEx Cup ranking. So he's now fifth in the FedEx Cup ranking, and I would think he's got an inside track on getting to the Tour Championship. And again, uh, there's definitely a rich-get-richer uh, part to the PGA Tour these days where once you start playing well, once you win one of them, especially one of these big ones, you're going to get into all the other ones. You're going to have opportunities to win a whole lot more. In the world ranking, I believe he's 30th right now. He was somewhere around uh, 80th, I believe, going into this past week. And so that's a major jump as well. And I think this reflects the maturation process that he's gone through over the past couple of years. But like I said, again, uh, if we're expecting him to be the next Rory McIlroy who wins for the first time at Quail Hollow and uh, falls into becoming a major champion, becoming world number one, becoming an, an icon in the game and a superstar, I, I think we're asking for way too much. If we think that, you know, is this a guy that can win again at some point this summer? Is this guy that can win again next year, challenge in some major championships over the next few years? Yeah, I, I think those expectations are warranted. Jason Sobel of the Action Network talking Wells Fargo Championship right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You mentioned Roy McElroy, Jason, and after a really nice round one performance, man was scr- uh, just scrambling to even make the cut at the very end. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the... <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the background noise. That seemed like, I don't know if that was the actual tune that we should be playing for Wells Fargo. But other than that, uh, Rory McIlroy scrambling just to make the cut, and then it, it didn't get going for him in round three or round four either. What did you make of, Jay, um, of uh, Rory McIlroy's outing? Yeah, it's very disappointing. And I was as intrigued to watch Rory McIlroy, as I told you guys last week, as I have been to watch any player this year. Because, of course, He missed the cut of the Masters, and he missed the cut in a way that he just looked like someone who needed a break, who needed to be away from the game, who just couldn't quite figure things out. He indeed took a break the next week, 
forfeited uh, a quarter of his potential PIP earnings by skipping the RBC Heritage, hadn't played for about a month, uh, didn't even pick up the clubs for uh, much of that, and then came back last week. And I I watched both of his first round and thought, okay, he's back. He's playing some good golf again. And then just never really got it going over the final three days. It's really, really interesting to me to watch Rory McIlroy because I think he is sort of the opposite of some of these guys that we've seen come along in golf over the last decade or two who are sort of just, hey, I make a bogey, I forget about it, I move on to the next hole, no big deal, and I just kind of, I've got this blank slate in my mind that I, you know, I don't have to worry about it too much. Rory, meanwhile, I, I think there's just a lot weighing on him. He admitted that, whether it's fighting for the justice of the PGA Tour over the past year and a half, whether it's just answering so many questions from the media. I know just speaking confidentially with Rory, he's told me about uh, times where he's hosted PGA Tour executives and uh, and legal folks who, who have sort of explained the structuring of the PGA Tour to him. He's, he's very interested in that side of the game, that side of the business, but you wonder how much of that is taking away from his game right now. All that said, I, I still think I like him a little bit for the PGA Championship next week. Maybe not to win, but I do think that he has played some of his best golf when people are doubting him, when people don't think he's going to play well, when people are expecting uh, maybe less than they usually expect from him. His wife is from the Rochester area. I believe he's an honorary member of Oak Hill. So he's going to go into the year's second major championship with some lowered expectations, especially uh, compared with what was heaped upon him at the Masters last month, and it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see Rory in the mix next week. Well, and Jason, I mean, we all understand Wyndham Clark was absolutely awesome in this entire tournament. To be four strokes up on second place, Andrew Shoffley, seven strokes still on where you're finally starting to see multiple people 12 under, 11 under, 10 under when you start to go down the top 10. To finish seven strokes above third place is remarkable. But right there, 15 under, Xander Shoffley. I mean, Jason, that should have been good enough to win. Usually 15 under, you would think, would win at Quail Hollow, but it didn't for Xander, and for some reason or another, we get to see these big tournaments where he's up towards the top of the leaderboard, but so often he just doesn't take home the trophy. Is he the next guy you think, maybe him along with uh, Tony Finau? Is Xander number one on the list of golfers that are almost there, that we all want to see win the major, the big tournament, that just can't quite get it done right now? Yeah, probably. I'd throw Patrick Cantley on that list as well, who's really, really talented and hasn't quite broken through at that level at a major championship yet. I would think it's going to happen, but look, we don't play that many of these. And so it's really easy to sit here uh, and say, okay, well, yeah, Xander's going to get his. He's going to win a few of these. Can't lay sure he's going to win a few. And then uh, Tony Cena, yeah, he's going to get one or two at some point. And then, oh, yeah, Rom's going to get a whole bunch. And Scheffler, and we're going to see some more Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Jordan. And at some point, you name all these guys, you, you, you add it all up as to how many majors they're going to wind up with. And you've got them winning 75 in the next six years, and, and the math doesn't work. It just doesn't work that way. And so uh, you would like to think that Xander Shoffley, and I've had uh, fellow PGA Tour players, very, very good PGA Tour players tell me they think Xander might be the best golfer in the world all around from uh, tee to green and through that, that he is just that talented. At some point, you think he's going to break through. He's played some of his best golf at the major championships, quite frankly, uh, as he did this past weekend. 
there have been a lot of times where he's played well enough to win and just one or two other people beat him on the leaderboard. And so he winds up with that consolation prize of second or third place. And we wind up talking about him on a Monday. Hey, what's wrong with Xander? Why can't he win more often? Uh, the real answer to it is sometimes golf is just a game of luck. And sometimes one or two other guys just beat you, even though you play really well. And I don't know if I have any advice for Xander softly other than keep doing what you're doing. And at some point it's going to turn into some more victories out there. Jason, what's the biggest takeaway that you have from this weekend that could play into the season going forward? You know, I always like looking at the Wells Fargo Championship, at least the last couple of years when it's right before the PGA, as to clues for who might win the next major. We're going to Oak Hill in Rochester, New York, and I like looking at guys who haven't necessarily peaked yet, who have played good golf but haven't played their best golf. We always hear from the, the game's elite-level players that they want their game to peak four times a year. It's something Tiger started saying 25 years ago, and now seemingly every great player in the game says it all the time. And, and I'm trying to find that guy whose game is going to peak. Xander Shoffley certainly fits the mold. I look a little bit further down the leaderboard. Sung Jae-in, to me, looks really, really good this weekend, as he's looked for much of this year. Hasn't won yet this year, but, boy, I'm telling you, it's coming, and I think Oak Hill could fit his golf game. I watched him this week and said, you know, whatever I thought of Sung Jae, and he was, he was going to be right there near, the, near or at the top of my list for the PGA Championship next week anyway, and nothing he did this past week has me moving him further down that list. That's Jason Sobel of the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Sobel, T-A-N, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jason, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks again. Thanks, Jason. Anytime. Thanks, guys.